Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Tyrone here. And we've got a great episode for you from the archives with Simon Liu. This episode was first aired back in 2017. Enjoy. One of the most fascinating things is when I, you know, just a simple fact of you buy property and just timing the property right, you can achieve, you know, incredible growth and financial results. Um, And I thought to myself, you know, people are making more from just buying one or two properties if they time it right. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we speak with Simon Liu, a successful buyer's agent who has built a portfolio of 12 investment properties. You'll hear how he learned from his mistakes, how he began building his portfolio, the pivotal moment when everything clicked for him and how he unlocked his property portfolio's potential by timing the market. Starting out in a 9-to-5 sales job, Lou was looking to broaden his horizons when he started researching the mechanics of the property investing scene. Excited by the possibilities, he set forth on his property investment path. With hectic days, Lou says it's important to prioritize. To be honest, I mean, as much as I'd like to have as much structure in my day as possible, um, as an active buyer's agent, uh, we don't, I mean, I don't, things just pop up. You know, if there's a property that needs to go on the contract immediately, then I have to deal with all the negotiations and all that kind of stuff and put everything aside. So I, I have to prioritize a lot of things. But essentially, my day starts from when I wake up to when I go to sleep and everything in between um, involves talking to clients, uh, involves finding properties, talking to agents, talking to my contacts, to solicitors, to brokers, to tradespeople, property managers, all across the board. Um, And it's a bit of a passion of mine, so I I don't really have an issue doing it. Um, But but yeah, it it is pretty full on. I've been a property investor for uh, about six, seven years now. Um, currently, I'm a, I'm a buyer's agent. Um, I've been a buyer's agent for a little while now, helping uh, fellow investors uh, reach their goals uh, through property investment. Um, and part of my services uh, also include mentoring uh, a lot of my clients as well um, in terms of how to reach, uh, you know, financial uh, financial freedom or financial security or whatever goals that they have in mind. Um, and it's basically off the back of my own property investment journey. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess through that, I've uh, learnt quite a lot of, uh, uh, quite a lot of, uh, um, you know, experiences and, uh, lessons as well. As a property investor, he says that his primary focus is understanding the numbers and using them to create wealth. 
basically, I focus purely on numbers. Investment, property investment to me is a means to uh, achieve my goals. Um, it's it's really just about, you know, how to make money at the end of the day. Um, I try to be completely unemotional and as detached as possible. So when I talk about numbers, it's all about, you know, things like what, what a property is worth um, or the, the actual market value of a property, how much I'm paying for that property, um, whether there's cash flow, um, cash flow positive, cash flow neutral or, or negatively geared. Um, and obviously, if there's potential for uh, adding value to the property, you know, whether it's a cosmetic reno or maybe a development opportunity down the track. Um, I don't uh, I don't really focus too much on, you know, how nice or not more bad looking a property is or whether I want to live in the property or not, because I know realistically I'm never going to live in it, let alone probably see it more than twice in my entire ownership. Um, so basically just really focusing on, you know, the numbers, the investments, fundamentals of the property and, and yeah, that's how I stick to my strategy and grow, grow the portfolio. Growing up with a non-English speaking parent in Australia, it taught him to make the most out of every opportunity from a young age. So I grew up in Sydney, New South Wales, um, in the Hills area. Um, uh, I grew up, I came to Australia when I was four years old from Hong Kong. So, you know, I basically grew up here, you know, just really average upbringing. You know, my dad uh, was working overseas, uh, whereas my mum was here looking after me and my brother. I was mostly growing up with my mum. And uh, back then, my mum, you know, was new to the country as well, and she spoke very limited English. And I I guess from that perspective, I kind of saw how she struggled to raise two young kids um, by herself, uh, largely in a a country where she didn't speak English and she had to learn to adapt and and obviously, um, you know, just uh, make make the most out out, out of the situation. Lou said that educating himself on how to create and then build his property investment portfolio was how he managed to get away from a typical 9 to 5 job. My mum told me recently that apparently I told her that, you know, all I wanted to do when I grow up was just to get a normal job and just work until I was 60. <laughs> that was that was actually what I told my mum as a kid. But I, I guess when I, as I was growing up, I, I don't know, like I think, like I... I was never I was never very good academically, so I struggled, you know, in 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 high school, you know, studying and 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 trying to get good grades and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think through that experience, even going to even after high school, when I was sort of you know just going to music college and things like that, that I I wasn't really interested in, but I just did it for the hell of it. Like I think that started to shape. Okay, what do I really want to do? what are my passions and what and most most importantly what i don't like to do um because when you're when you're not you know in university getting like a, a a commerce degree or a medical degree or whatever it is you're kind of forced to enter the workforce which i did um and one of the most important or one of the most common um things that people start doing when they don't i guess have like a a, a university education is sales so i entered various sales roles for, uh, fairly quickly after after high school um 
And I think from there, it started to instill the fact that, okay, I really don't like the nine to five mentality. I don't like working, uh, you know, getting up super early and, you know, having to work on someone else's schedule and, and obviously not get paid, um, you know, what I, what I thought I should be getting paid um, or, or what I want to be getting paid. Um, and naturally, I started looking for ways out um, for to to get out of that uh, that kind of um, that kind of life lifestyle. Um, and look, I've always been actually interested in property. Like one of the f- most fascinating things is when I, you know, just a simple fact of you buy a property and just timing the property right, you can achieve you know incredible growth and financial results. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, people are making more from just buying one or two properties if they time it right, um, then they're making in five years worth of work, you know, working a, a normal nine to five job. So I was just all, all the while just sort of thinking to myself, how can I make that happen for myself? And, you know, reading a lot of books um, and obviously self-educating myself um, on on how to make a start. Um, and I was saving my deposit then as well. So I guess that sort of, it, it sort of just slowly led to, you know, started building upon itself and, and, you know, as it does, your goals change and your expectations change as well. So it's just sort of become bigger and, and better at every step. Before beginning his role as a property investor and buyer's agent, his time spent in sales positions gave him some freedom to research and develop transferable skills. I did recruitment, I did, um, you know, selling events um, from both selling the the tickets to attend events and I also sold actual event venues um, for people to hold events. Um, I There was a stage where I did uh, uh, transport sales, so, you know, selling basically um, uh, like couriers and, and, and uh, delivery trucks and those kinds of things. Um, so basically, you know, anything that I can, I can, I could really do at the time. Um, I mean, when you develop your sales skills along the way, you can pretty much apply it to any industry. Um, so what I was actually looking for along the way is, uh, were roles that gave me a lot of time to, to, um, you know, focus on property investing as well. So quite autonomous sales jobs. And I know of, and I can only speak you know, I can only say this while I'm obviously not in the workforce anymore. <laughs> but um, but I think like it's important, you know, because property investing, as you're doing it while you're doing a nine to five, is um is very is very time consuming. Um, and unless you obviously, you know, uh, you know, take on a buyer's agent such as myself, it it is actually quite difficult to do it while you're while you're working a nine to five, especially if that nine to five is quite demanding. Um, so I was deliberately looking at, at roles where I did have a bit of time, time, you know, freedom to, to sort of do a bit of research on the side and, you know, just, uh, just, you know, invest in property as well as fulfill the role. It is widely known that the first property you invest in is the most challenging. Lou took the time to research as much as possible before eventually purchasing his first property. It was actually off the back of a lot of research and a lot of build-up towards that first property, as most people, when they're about to embark on on buying their first property, often undertake. So it was back in, uh, uh, from memory, I think it was late 2009, 
but you know even before then i was just you know really spent every weekend out checking out units and various suburbs around the place um i i remember i spent a lot of time in newcastle as well um just looking everywhere and just getting my foot in the door of as many open houses as possible um i'd do all the research the week before and and find out which properties i'd want to go to and and line them up on the saturday and just go bang 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 one after the other um and it got to a stage where i i got actually quite frustrated because i was always over analyzing each property and and talking myself out of buying whatever property that i saw um and it just came to a point where i was like you know what stuff it you know the next property that i see that ticks most of the boxes i'm just going to go for it so i ended up buying my first property in uh, in west ride in sydney um and it was it was in hindsight obviously you know we had a crazy sydney boom um that we've just experienced but in hindsight it was a bit of a, a mistake I, I paid probably a little bit too much for it um based on the 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 market value at the time um and i was also lured in by the first home buyers grant i i remember back in the day it was like fifteen thousand dollars um and yeah like that was that was just the the first experience so when i first bought that um i did a bit of renovation on it it was a it was just an older two-bedroom walk-up unit um so you know did some painting um changed the tiles around in the kitchen and the bathroom and i had to live in it for six months to to get the uh the fifteen thousand dollar grant um which is great as well um for me to to uh you know just to experience living out of home as well so yeah that was basically my, the first property that i bought we all got lucky with the sydney boom um you know no one saw it coming and if if it didn't boom um if it was was still stagnant then it would probably you know um still be where where i bought it initially um and the cash flow didn't really make sense as well um you know when i first bought it it was costing me i remember back then a couple of hundred bucks a week to 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 maintain even after after yeah you know when you're first starting off um you know and let's say you know i was on an average of seventy thousand dollars a week um salary you know it's a big chunk off your off your off your paycheck every week to to have to service um this property um and that's not taking into account any maintenance or any vacancies so if there was a, a vacant period or if there was any maintenance issues, then it'd be extra money on top of the $200 that, that I was losing out of my pocket. Um, so in that sense, it was, uh, it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a mistake. Now, just that experience of seeing, you know, that negative cash flow in my bank every single month, I think that sort of inspired me to, you know, look at other avenues of investing in property and, and that's when I started getting really focused on getting properties that have a positive cash flow. Um, and yeah, basically, I just built on that. Coming up after a break, we'll delve into how Lou grew his property portfolio. So, you know, I was still obviously very interested in property. I'm, I'm quite stubborn as a person, so I wasn't going to let something like, you know, negative cash flow deter me from buying <laughs> buying more property um so that's when i looked in um looked in looked at properties that um had more cash flow his amazing aha moment when i first started getting the bank statements um and when i first started getting the property management statements was a bit of an aha moment and that's next 
I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. After purchasing his first property, he continued searching for more properties to invest in, which led him to look into those which generated more cash flow. So, you know, I was still obviously very interested in property. I'm, I'm quite stubborn as a person, so I wasn't going to let something like, you know, negative cash flow deter me from buying, <laughs> buying more property. Um, so, that's when I looked in, um, looked in, looked at properties that um, had more cash flow. Now, back then, there was the granny flat craze was just starting out in Sydney. Um, now it's gone a little bit, uh, you know, it's all over the place, but back then it was still, uh, you know, just starting out. It was common, but it wasn't, not every single person was doing it with, with, with the blocks of land that they could put a granny flat on. So I was specifically looking in, in, in lower cost areas, um, lower socioeconomic areas to, that had the opportunity to build a granny flat on purely for the purpose of um, of generating more cash flow, um, partly to even out the Westride property, but also I saw it as a bit of a learning curve as well to to actually develop something myself, even though it's just a, a, a simple granny flat. Um, so yeah, look, I, you know, after again many months of searching, you know, every weekend going out checking out properties in Western Sydney, um, I ended up buying a, a, a house in Blacktown. Um, and as soon as I bought it, it was another mistake <laughs> because back in the day, like I actually didn't know, didn't know the implications of asbestos. Um, so I went to see this property. It ticked the boxes in terms of me being able to put a granny flat at the back and actually section it off. So it looks like a bit of a battle axe job as well. Um, but the actual house on it was super old and it was all fibro or asbestos, um, and even the boundary fence was made of asbestos. And it was a very naive of me to obviously not even pick that up. You know, I did a building and pest and a report on it as well. And and I, I guess the building and pest guy was was average because it, you know, I didn't read it. It didn't say on the actual building and pest report that it had that much asbestos in it. So I bought the property, found out about the asbestos, and just look, I mean, you just have to learn from the mistakes. It, you, you know, you can't cry over asbestos overspilt milk especially when you're investing in property after all said and done you just have to deal with it so you know i had to pay a lot of money for people to replace the, the whole boundary fence and obviously professionals to remove the asbestos you know professionally and and um it also made the renovation of that front house a little bit more difficult uh because everything all the walls and everything were all fibro so i had to be careful about you know painting it and and not sanding it too much and all that kind of stuff um, but look, I mean, you live, you learn. And once again, you know, I bought it, I put the granny flat on, um, I did a lot of research, um, with, uh, with, you know, builders and, you know, the rules and regulations on putting a granny flat on, on a house, you know, not, not needing to go through council and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, just basically did it. You know, I got a, I got a, I ended up getting a loan for the granny flat um as well um and back then the the loan approvals were were quite relaxed so it wasn't that difficult for me to 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 finance the whole thing um and after it was done i just rented the properties out and got immediately got like seven and a half percent rental yield on it um and uh and also 
luckily, when I got it refinanced, they uh, it also had quite a bit of equity in it as well. So I pulled that equity out and, and, and then started and then moved on, I guess. It's clear that Lou has developed a passion and understanding for property investing, finding that it resonated with him as a wealth creation vehicle more than any other investing opportunities. If you're really wanting to to you know get to a point where you're buying you know several properties, whether it's within the next year or five years or ten years, it's something that you intrinsically need to have a bit of a passion for, because whether you're investing in shares or properties or whatever, like there's a lot of research that that's involved in 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 pulling the trigger or before you pull the trigger to buy whatever you're going to buy and a lot of that research you know you you really need to have a a a certain level of dedication and patience and and passion to be able to get to a stage where you know the ins and outs and the pitfalls and the different strategies involved and all that all, all the rest of it so i my passion for property grew as I kept buying properties, um, and I just I just felt it was it was it came natural to me. Like I'm not I'm not really into like I I don't know much about shares, investing in shares, and all that kind of stuff. But properties was something that just clicked with me personally. So I just I just I just sort of ran with it really. After purchasing the property in Blacktown. He diversified and began searching for more properties in Queensland. Although this turned out to be a mistake, he remains adamant that taking action will always be more beneficial to him than overanalyzing his next move. After I bought that property in Blacktown, I I, I started looking in Queensland uh, because a lot of the properties up there offered uh, significantly high cash flow. Um, so the first property I bought in 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 Queensland uh, was a property. Uh, I bought in Logan, um, in the Logan area. Now, this was a townhouse, um, a three-bedroom townhouse, um, and on paper, it looks like it had excellent rental yields. Um, so I, I got really excited, and then I just decided to to purchase it. It was really, really cheap. Um, I think it was a like hundred and, from memory, like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that for a three-bedroom townhouse. Um, yeah, especially when you're coming from Sydney, like it's really important. It, it's really easy to, um, to, you know, not, uh, you know, put things out of perspective because we're used to paying hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in Sydney for properties. Um, so I got really excited. I bought this property. I owned it. And then even though I did the research on it, um, after owning it, I started to realize that it probably wasn't the best property the best best type of investment I could buy, um, primarily because of the huge body corporate. So this particular property um, wanted three thousand dollars a year in 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 body corporate fees. Actually, no, three and a half thousand, um, which was a lot to stomach for a property that's only worth you know one hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollars at the time. Um, so even though the it was posting like on paper a, a eight to nine percent gross rental yield. Um, my cash flow was only positive very, very marginally. Um, and only later on after I, uh, after I purchased it and, and, and owned it for a little bit that I, did I realize that, you know what, there's probably better value in the area. Um, but look again, one of those things, lesson learned, you just got to, you know, just take it as it is and just move on and, and, and obviously make sure that you don't make the same mistakes again. Um, 
But I mean, taking action for me was way more important than you know analyzing and making sure that I'm investing in the right thing every single time. Having overcome many obstacles in his property investing journey, it was all worth it when Lou had that shining aha moment where it felt like everything was falling into place. I guess probably when I bought the Blacktown place, you know, earlier on, even though it was, you know, obviously it had those asbestos problems and all that kind of stuff. But after I actually, you know, did the renovation, I put the granny flat on, you know, I fixed the fence up and it just you know, the dust settled and it just started to um, started to to work its way as a as an investment property. Um, when I first started getting the bank statements, um, and when I first started getting the property management statements, was a bit of an aha moment. Just the fact that you know when I was putting them in my spreadsheet every month, you know the income I was getting from this property was way more than what the property was costing me to hold. And I guess that that was like a really good feeling inside that I own this property, this house that I've bought, and it's actually not costing me any money. If anything, it's actually putting money in my pocket as I'm holding onto this asset that over time, you know, it, it's going to go up in value. So it was that was just a really good like light bulb moment for me that this is the way of investing that I want to continue for myself. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, it was, you know, for someone that was, that's quite young and quite new to the game, I guess that's, um, that's, it's, it's really exciting that, you know, you've, you've spent, you know, whatever deposit you've put into the property and you can actually see the results every single month as it happens. Um, and also, you know, obviously subsequently we had a bit of a Sydney boom as, 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 as you've, ex- you've probably experienced. Um, and knowing that, you know, all the while this property is making me money every month, but it's also going up in value. And I was just like, it, it's just a really exciting moment. And you just start to think, okay, cool. How can I, how can I replicate this? How can I do this more? How can I, how can I get like 10 or 20 of these properties and just, and just, you know, just keep doing it this way. And So what's next for Lou in his current business venture? I've, um, you know, I've bought a, a lot of these types of properties for myself, um, and you know they're all sort of reaping its own benefits. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm at a stage where you know, look, I've I've obviously quit my nine to five job, so you know, hopefully that life is behind me. Um, I've started this buyers agency, and I'm really working hard on on obviously you know growing growing this as a business as well. Um, and just looking at the next stage or the next steps of my investment journey, you know, it's probably going going to be um, a little bit different to what I've been doing. I guess I want to get into, um, you know, maybe some bigger and more interesting um, type types of investment, property investment. I'm still going to be in the property industry, but maybe not just buying, you know, three-bedroom houses um, in, in Logan or in Western Sydney or whatever. So just, yeah, just really looking forward to um, to, to what's next. Um, you know, at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm just sort of working my way towards, uh, towards a point where, where, um, you know, I can, I can actually, uh, you know, do some of this type of investing financially um, in terms of, uh, in terms of getting, you know, the appropriate loans and all that kind of stuff as well. 
So, inspired by this story and what Simon Liu is excited about today, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we talk about how to apply his strategy. The strategy is, um, is for me, has always been about buying properties that are below market value and buying properties that have positive cash flow. Um, that's the bare basic fundamentals of anything that I purchase. The success habits Lou has developed for property investing. You know, having that discipline and, and you know, your, your money saving skills as well, money management skills is, is probably, you know, a good combination to, to, to help you progress. And that's next time on a future episode of Property Investory.